Hello, I'm Kendra Von Esch, and you are listening to my 10-minute daily podcast, Reality Reflections. I bought into what this world said would make me happy. Money, prestige, power. And hey, if it feels good, do it, because life is stressful, so party hard. Do whatever makes you happy. But that didn't quite work out, because I felt even more insecure, full of fear, shame, and anxiety, and never, ever good enough. Then God found me and flipped my reality upside down and transformed my life. And I want this for everyone. So I left my executive career to help others find true acceptance, supernatural peace, joy, and love that only comes from a relationship with God. Here is my reality reflection for today. So yesterday we were talking about love, and I totally forgot to wish you all a happy St. Valentine's Day. Sorry about that. That kind of (laughs) was the whole crux of the love and the simplicity of our hearts. And how if God, if we allow and ask him in, he's already there. We need to ask and participate in the process of changing our hearts. We need to be aware. You know the words, conscious, mindful. I guess the whole aware, just be present. That's another one. Paying attention, meaning and purpose. So we have one week, one week and Ash Wednesday will be staring us in the face. What is it that you are going to do with love to praise God? Today it was the Psalms. First, it was the story of Noah. As we mentioned yesterday, I need a flood in my heart, the likes of Noah's flood, so that I can wipe out all the evil thoughts and evil experiences that are kind of burned in there. I need to reconnect and reestablish new emotions with past memories and thoughts. I mean, I got a lot of work to do here with God. But everything that we consider doing should be for the love of him and praising him. Like we are our choices. So I hope that you're truly praying on what you really need to work on this Lent and make it all about praising God. So the Psalms, here we go. To you, Lord, I will offer a sacrifice of praise. So again, we read Noah yesterday. It was build the ark, God said, take clean and unclean animals and get on in there. Today, hey. I'm opening up the window, says Noah. I'm going to send out a raven. I'm going to send out a dove, see if I can get out on the ground. Is the water gone? And then, yes, the dove never returned. So that meant, okay, this is a good thing. They come out. And what does he do? The very first thing he does, Noah, is build an altar and offer sacrifice. Let me see. What did he do? Noah built an altar to the Lord, and choosing from every clean animal and every clean bird, he offered burnt offerings on the altar. Now, Noah gave his best. 
You say, yesterday, God says, <laughs> not you say, God said, look, take a clean and a dirty animal. Unclean and clean, basically. I got to look into that. Like, what's the deal with that? Why one clean, one unclean? He does end up making all food clean in the book of Acts, in the New Testament. But at this time, there's clean and unclean animals. But Noah took the clean bird and he offered a clean animal. In other words, did what Abel did, gave him his best. And so as you're sitting, praying to you, Lord, I will offer a sacrifice of praise. This is what you should continue to pray and ask the Lord to you. I will offer a sacrifice of praise, Lord. That's what Lent is. It is an offering. We're bringing an offering to the altar, just like Noah. But are you going to bring some weak little offering that God knows is like Cain? You're going to give him what's left? Or you're going to hold on to that sin because you really don't know what your life is going to be like without that vice in it? I'm seriously thinking I'm just not going to drink. And I think that I'm going to add daily mass. Some of you may be like, you're not going to daily mass? I've changed a lot since my husband has been home. And I've gone back and forth, up and down, round and around with mass. Daily mass, not Sunday mass. There's no question about that. You know, I've popped a few days in here and there, but I used to be a daily mass goer all the time. Never even a question. And if that is not an offering of sacrifice and praise every day, but it was never just about that. It was me needing Jesus in my mind, body, soul. And so I think that's going to be my two things that I'm going to focus on. And if you're starting a list that is long, knock it off. Stop. I've done that before and it's overwhelming and you're going to fail. It's, you know, I mean, I know y'all want to get closer to God and you want to do as much as you can. So you might be taking this prayer program. You might be reading this book. You might be in the middle of the catechism of the year, the Bible of the year. You got all these other things that are coming your way. I mean, Lent, you just get pummeled and pummeled and pummeled. You've got free things on podcasts and on radio stations and all of that. And it's all good stuff for the most part. But you got to do you with God. You know darn well what you should work on. Now you need to get your committed mind behind it. And then you need to get that mind, which should rule your body, engaged in the daily unconscious routines and programs that we've put our bodies in. It's not easy to walk away from something that is a vice to us. It's not. 
And it's not easy to add something to our life that we don't do often, like pray, like meditate, mental prayer, calming the mind, getting into a deeper state of emotions, true physical brainwave changes, so that you can truly talk with God and pray and give him your heart and ask him to come in. And then think about your life, what it can be and should be when your body is healed, when your mind is healed, when your heart is healed, when your spirit is healed. So your choice really does define you. And take this Lent not as a suffering. Take it as an offering. A sacrifice. This is what the love of Jesus Christ is. It's sacrificial love. He sacrifices his life, his blood, his pain for us, for the love of us. And that's what we need to look at. And another thing, speaking of love, as we started yesterday, it's as simple as love. God is love. We need to love ourselves. We need to love others. It's the two greatest commandments, as simple as simple can be. But what I want you to start asking yourself as you're praying through what you are going to do, what is your sacrificial offering going to be to God for the Lenten season? But also ask yourself as you're approaching these things that you want to work on up until next week, is what I'm doing loving? Am I loving myself by doing this, by eating this food, by ignoring prayer, by holding on to resentment, by not paying any attention to my day and going through it like I'm a robot. And by the end of the day, I really don't think I controlled anything. I just lived my life off of a to-do list. You know, like, like, did I control my emotions? Did I kill myself slowly today through not paying attention and not doing loving acts for myself? I know we focus on a lot of other people and loving them and doing things for other people, but it's time for us to love ourselves and it's time for us to take our own lives into our own hands and start paying attention and start participating in our life. Otherwise, if we just keep doing what we're doing, we're just going to keep getting what we've been getting. You know, that definition of insanity. So let's not do things over and over again anymore. And let's be open and excited about the venture, the adventure, and the process. 
It's exciting to me to see things click and connect and, and I can, ah, it's just so incredibly amazing. It really is. And I think I'm debating. I got to tell you all, it was tough to come every single video during Advent. And that was only 28 days. And we're talking 40 days of Lenten videos. And I'm not sure if I'm going to do that. I did small acts of love. I think I may go ahead and post those again this year. But I will come on video more um, because I know that's helpful. I know some of you listen to, uh, to podcasts. Some of you like the visual kind of thing. Um, but I will, I will come more for more inspiration, more learnings, more breakthroughs, more enlightenment. I mean, that's every single day. If you don't have something that you can be excited about or that you've reflected on in your day, every day, you're not reflecting. I mean, let's face it. You're just living it and then you're done. And if you reflected, you would be like, huh? Hey, there was God in that moment. Oh my gosh. And I knew it. Or, you know, I wasn't paying any attention, but I totally think that God was motioning me, was moving my heart to, I don't know, say something to Susie about so-and-so, but I didn't. So why is it that I did? Because I was afraid to. I didn't take that prompting. When you have promptings like that from the Holy Spirit, move on it, act on it. Why? Because he's telling you it's now's the time. And don't let your fear, your worry, your anxiety, whatever, stop that prompting. And it's this continuous learning of God in your life, Satan in your life, because we are in the spiritual war. Do not think that every single time I'm in mental prayer, I'm not fighting and kicking things to the curb and making sure that I am 100% focused on Jesus Christ and the Catholic faith. I am super cautious about what I'm doing. I'm overly cautious about what I'm thinking, how I'm praying, what my mental prayer and meditation is, but I'm also using science and biology and physics and things that are naturally occurring in the human body. And so it's an interesting walk that I'm on right now, and I don't know why I went off on that kind of sidewinder, but it's, I guess the whole point is, is it's with God. It's always with God. God. It's Jesus and Mary and the Holy Spirit and God the Father and St. Joseph. I just did a huge meditation to the Holy Family. I mean, in the end, the closer we get to God and all the Holy Army, and the more that we pay attention and the more that we learn and the more that we understand how our mind, body, soul works together, we are going to be powerhouse people. Not on our own power, but God's power of healing us, making us healthy, making us spiritually confident and courageous, and being filled with love and peace and kindness and joy where we can get out there in a way that is different from every other person. Maybe even with some miracles to share in our lives, like I have had in mine. 
That's what it's all about. Remember, keeping God the center, then loving yourself and loving others. And if you're having kind of a day where you're not feeling it at all, right now, it is 45 degree blustery winds. It's gloomy. It's yucky. And I am loving today. Why? Because it's God's day. Because I got up and I did two hours of mental prayer this morning. And I tapped into energy and emotions that were elevated. I raised my emotional state of being. Remember, this is not new age. This is biological, physical chemistry. We have energy. We are magnetic. We are chemical. We are energetic. Atoms and neutrons and protons and all of this energy within these cells that, you know, atoms create cells, which create molecules, Maybe it's molecules, which create cells, which create tissue, which create structure, and then we create the body. We all have electromagnetic and energy fields, and we can raise ours to the point where Monday, you all heard how heavy I was feeling. I think it had to do with how much I ate and drank during Super Bowl before. But it also had to do with just my energy. I was weighed down by extra food, extra alcohol. I wasn't wasted. I wasn't even buzzed. It was so weird. I, before I knew it, I looked at him like, oh my gosh, I drank this whole bottle. One bottle. I wasn't drunk, but I can't believe I drank the whole bottle. Like that is my old days for me. <laughs> and I didn't feel it, which was even crazier. And the next day I didn't really feel any fuzziness. It was very, very strange. But I felt heavy. And I knew I need to change my state of being. And this is also how prayer works. But I never connected the prayer and my actual physical chemistry in my body. If that makes any sense. So my elevated emotions in my mental prayer before I've been studying about my body and about how all this stuff works together, I didn't know that there was a true physical connection, that there was actually a physiological connection. You remember I told you prayer of any kind, whether it's Christian, New Age, Buddhist, Hindu, Reiki, whatever it is, all these things can produce physical, physiological, serotonin levels, and all of these good mood changers. So yeah, people in some cases think that that is God. And they must be, or that God is the universe, or that God is this other thing that they have idolatry toward in their particular practice, whether it's religion or spiritual or whatever. So again, the more you learn, the more you know, the more God pours wisdom into your day and your choices become about whether it's loving for you to do this to you. So I've been picturing myself walking up to the wine and pouring another glass or even just pouring one at all. 
And I was visualizing, like looking at myself. I'm, you know, not really visualizing, but witnessing. I was watching myself in this action as an outsider, like thinking, why is she getting another glass of wine? And thinking, well, you know, she could get a little loose-lipped here, get a little snotty, get a little snippy, or say things she doesn't want to say. She's just about ready to go to bed. Why would she pour another one? She's going to go to sleep. She's going to feel hungover tomorrow. She might feel a little bit fuzzy around the edges. If she stopped now, she wouldn't. And what if anyone's watching? Doesn't look very Christian to have that third glass. Doesn't show much control. This is the kind of stuff that when you really sit and reflect and you face yourself, you're going to get to the other side of the stupidity. You remember how stupid some of our sins are? Like, does having that last glass do anything for me? No. What does it do for me? Well, it makes my liver have to clean that one more glass. It shows that uh, I got to drink up until the moment I go to bed. I'm not giving my body any break from the moment that I'm awake and eating to putting myself in bed. I know my body is not going to be repairing itself at night because I'm going to be first attacking the poison alcohol that's in there before I digest any of the food that I ate. And so all night long, I'm not going to be repairing my body because I'm going to be fighting and cleansing the alcohol out of it and then digesting the rest of the food. So how am I supposed to wake up in the morning feeling all energetic and ready to go if that's pretty much how I loved myself the night before. This is really the walk, everyone. And then you picture yourself walking up and pouring that next glass of wine and you say, stop. I'm not going to do this. And then you attach beautiful emotions to it. And you raise your emotional state. You feel happy. You feel in control. You feel God truly helping you with a helping hand. You're, you feel grateful. You feel like this stupid bottle of wine has no control over me. And oh, by the way, body. Because half the time the body is just telling the mind what to do because it's been programmed to do it. I have programmed my body to have wine almost every day of my life at five o'clock-ish, somewhere around there. Could be four, could be six. Some days could be three if it's a beautiful Saturday and we're outside, you know, that type of stuff. But that, But my body, when it's not having that fix, freaks out. And then all of a sudden I'm uncomfortable because my body isn't getting what it normally gets. And then I feel like I'm being cheated. And then I feel like I'm, you know, totally, I've sulked before where I've gone to parties where people are drinking and I'm not because, oh, I'm not having any fun because I've made it not fun. 
And I've also gone to parties and have not drank and have made it one of the best times I've ever had because I went in with a different attitude and I associated different emotions with it. Look, I'm going to wrap up with one more thing because our subconscious mind is so easily programmed and we don't even realize it. I want to give you one example. You guys see those shingles commercials? I'm sure you've seen them, heard them, something like that. Shingles is in your... So they start off with this ominous music, really super ominous. And then they've got this guy who's, you know, really, really sick. He's like a, I don't know, in his fifties or something like that. And the narrator has this ominous voice and this print comes on the screen and, you know, every one of you has the shingles virus in you if you've had the chicken pox. Oh no, I've got the shingles virus already in me. One in three of you will have the shingles virus. Because you have an immune, as you get older, your immune system gets weaker. That is the biggest bunk I've ever heard. That already is programming your mind to say, the older I get, the weaker my immune system gets. Boom. Because it came from a medical type of commercial, you and I have been programmed that if you've got a little stethoscope or you're a medical company, you must know good things. So I could be that one in three. I've got the shingles virus already in me and I'm getting older and that means my immune system is getting lower. Here's what happens with that whole thing. You have an emotion attached to it. And the deeper that emotion and the more impactful that emotion is, our subconscious opens right up. Our analytical mind shuts down and we suck in whatever we heard. There are advertisers who are beautifully masterful with this. They were beautifully masterful with this with COVID. I was absolutely programmed. Immediately, I started saying the things that the TV said, six feet apart, social distancing. My vocabulary changed. They completely changed who I was and how I felt about this COVID because I was scared to death. They showed people in China falling down. Total BS, by the way. That was all fake. But that's how they escape the analytical mind and go right into your conscious, your subconscious mind. And before you know it, the commercial isn't even over yet. And they're telling you that you can go get the shot, the shingle shot. But then at the same time, they say, but don't take this shingle shot if your immune system is compromised. What the, what? You just told me that my immune system is going to be compromised as I get older anyway. And now you're telling me not to take this if my immune system is compromised. If you had an analytical mind and you pulled your emotions out of everything, by the way, this is why we should not live our lives on feelings. This is why we should not live our lives on emotions. This is why we should never make a decision in a state of being that is not filled with love and peace and joy. Never. I mean, this is serious stuff. This is, you know, (laughs) we have to 
pay attention and we cannot allow our emotions to keep us in this state of dis-ease. So the minute you feel fear or anger or you're reacting to something on TV, the news, they're masterful at this. That's why they get people with the narrative who are so emotionally attached. Think about it. Think about how angry some people get when you're talking their political view and they are screaming. You've seen them. I've seen them. I've never seen anything like it, to be honest, but I have seen some people and yeah, I'm going to say it. They got blue hair. They got pink hair. They got purple hair and they are screaming and yelling such vile stuff out of their mouths that it is pure evil coming out of them. It's disgusting, disgusting. But that just goes to show that is an emotionally charged belief. They were duped. They got totally subconscious duped. It went right into their emotions, right past their analytical mind. They didn't think about any of it. That's why when you talk to someone who has an emotionally charged belief with no basis, no fact, no reason, no rhyme, and you ask them a couple of questions, they go berserk. They blow their top because they don't know why. Why am I so convicted to this belief? Because I can't even answer a few questions that counter it. All I do is get even more upset and more angry and more emotionally charged. This is how it works, everyone. So the more we can pay attention and the more we can learn and practice ways to change our emotions, to change our thoughts with the Lord Jesus Christ, not the universe, there is intelligence yes and there is order yes and it's god it's not a bunch of particles it's not a bunch of energy it's not i'm talking to people who may have dabbled in the new age i'm talking to people who may not know what the new age may be because there is a fundamental difference if you are going out and praying to something else other than god and that's the difference in my walk right now. But I'm reaching out into other kinds of ways in which we can work with our mind and our body and our soul. Not in another spiritual practice. No, no, no. But looking at physical, biological, chemical Phys physics, you know, just the basic stuff that the body can do. And then the mystical stuff going deeper with God in prayer. Okay, wow, that one went a lot farther. But I wanted to kind of go there with the, with the fact that subconscious programming is everywhere. <laughs> it's everywhere. And by the way, Pay attention to what you watch because when you have emotional experiences, they stay in your subconscious like it was a real experience. I 
hate, I hate with a passion, scary movies. Not my thing. Thank you, God, because I can't imagine watching scary movie after scary movie after scary movie because you get into a state of, honestly, it's like a fight or flight kind of thing. You are in a full stressed out mode. Your cortisol goes up. What you see, the emotions that are attached with it, the feelings and everything, they become real experiences in our body. And I don't want to experience that. As a matter of fact, just the other night, I came upstairs. My husband went upstairs before me to go to bed and he likes the TV to be on. And he likes watching those forensic files, which are basically murder mysteries, right? We're going to find out how or who killed who. And I hate those. I don't want to go to bed with that popping in my mind. So, you know, I, t I come in and I can feel the vibe of the room. I don't like it. So I say, hey, dude, can we turn on something else? You know, like, I don't want this popping through my subconscious when I'm going to bed. Anyway, <laughs> I could go on and on and on. I'll do another live YouTube soon. I know it was the middle of a Saturday. Maybe I'll do something later on in an afternoon where people can jump on. More questions that you can ask because I keep giving you little tidbits. But I will tell you this morning just amazing. And my prayer and my connection in, in this beautiful state of relaxation, I'm connecting to God. I even did a walking, boy, this is going to be 35 minutes. I'm going to tell you, I did a walking meditation yesterday. And as I was walking, the wind was so whistly. My eyes were so watery. I could barely focus. And I was walking on a blacktop, like blacktop path. So think about, you know, the walking paths that you have. And I couldn't see anything else but the blacktop right in front of me. And I was meditating on suffering and pain. And all, all it was so wild. As I was walking, I couldn't see my feet. So just, just think of the blacktop just progressing step by step, but you can't see the foot, you can't see arms, you can only see the blacktop and then, you know, inches going by. And all of a sudden, I started walking and I was looking through Jesus's eyes as he was walking, carrying the cross. And I felt how alone he felt because I couldn't see anything else. I felt like, is this how you felt where you were just looking at the ground, just trying step by step to get yourself to where you had to fulfill what you came on this earth to do, Jesus? I mean, it was intense. And this was me calming my mind and putting all of my worries and, call and, and thoughts aside and just going inward with God. And that was what I would call that a mystical experience. I, it, the, the ground didn't change everyone. It didn't turn into dusty stuff like in, <laughs> you know, uh, on the Damascus, not Damascus, sorry, on the what, Golgotha, you know, on the trip to Golgotha on that path. It didn't turn into anything like, you know, wood and cobblestone, wood, dust, and cobblestone and little 
sand and all that kind of stuff. No, it was still blacktop, but I felt different. I was seeing and feeling. It was amazing. Okay, now this is way long. But always something to share. Always. All right, let's get back to it. I'm not going to pray except for one thing. Lord, please help us get out of our own way. The choice that we make this Lent matters. The choice that we make to truly offer a sacrifice to you in worship matters. Please help us get out of our way. Amen. (laughs) All right, everyone. I love you so much. Find something more with God and just live it today. And make that decision. Take the hard one. Take the hard one for Lent, but watch and enjoy the process. I'm telling you, this was not something I wanted to do. Oh, here I go again, talking again. But I just talked to my husband yesterday and I said, what a joke that everyone believes when you get to a certain age that everything falls apart and we're all supposed to be getting pain and aches and that's just the way it is. Then you go on blood pressure medicine and cholesterol medicine and this medicine and that medicine and da 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 da. That is such a lie. It is a lie. I am proof of it. I am watching my health return. I am reversing and healing things that I have had for years. And I know that my body will completely heal. And again, it's from the inside out. And I'm now paying attention to stress. I just got a couple of things that came my way that I would have normally reacted to in a bad emotion. And I didn't even react at all. I mean, it's like someone looking at you and saying, you're the biggest blah, 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 screaming at your face. This is not at all what happened to me, by the way, but this is kind of the emotion that I'm trying to connect. It's usually with software with me. You know, it's usually I got to go find something, go dig because my medical bills aren't tying out and I don't know what was paid, what wasn't. And in that, that, that gets me, (laughs) that gets me all riled up just like technology issues do because I stink at those. And I know that, oh my gosh, there's going to be another five hours to get this figured out. And so I'm looking at things and I was just like, well, I don't know what's going on here. And it was okay. I didn't know what was going on. I was like, well, God, hopefully, hopefully I can tie all this stuff out. And I, you know, usually I get panicked. I get a little Oh, you know, my stomach drops. I figure like, oh, I got to figure this out. And then I get wrapped up into it. And so that has been non-existent. Yesterday, there were three times where I had to stop and thank God and be like, wow, Lord, holy detachment, holy detachment. And these were good things. So I'm also trying to not be overly emotional with good things because in the end, I, I don't want to be attached to anything, but God, God, you willed this to happen. Thank you. God, you willed this to happen. Thank you. One was bad to me. One was good to me, but I didn't allow them to make my emotions go up and down, but I did turn to God and thank him. All right. Wow, I say this is probably the 
Longest one I've ever done. Whew. Okay. Get with God. You've got this. Choose one or two things to work on or just that big one. Because that's the one that is going to free you. You are going to be on the other side of that. A totally different person. And you can help others with that too. You can be a witness overcoming these things in your life. This is how we become inspiring to others. This is how we can help them go to God to understand the power in Jesus Christ and the sacraments of the church. Get your butt to confession this week before we start. Before we start Lent, please freshen your body. Approach this liturgical season with intent, with prayer. Okay, boom, 40 minutes exactly. I love you all, everyone. Find something more with God and have a blessed and inspired day.